We went to the Pizza Hut in downtown. Yay! With beer. Yes, I had two hams. You can have beer there. She had water. I'm pretty sure the one in Iowa had Valium. beer at it. Pizza Hut beer? Yeah, Why that, not? No, that's what Pizza Hut's going for now, is to bring back the dine-ins, but it's more of like a sports bar vibe. They need to bring back arcade games, too. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what arcade games did they have? Okay. I don't think it was anything good. They always had the newest Street Fighter. Are you... Are you digging that one-up Mortal Kombat arcade thing that you put together yourself? Have you seen that? Uh, uh well, Vance has the Street Fighter one. Is it, a, like, from that one-up company the or whatever? Mini, the mini arcade? Well, it's it says it's three-quarters the size of a regular arcade. Uh, I think that's... Are they, like, 250 bucks or something? Probably. Yeah, that's Vance has that, but he ripped out all of it <laughs> and put in... Uh, an emulator computer and ah. 600 terabytes of storage. For okay, all right. So every gonna... single PS2 game. He's so getting... Vance ain't fucking around. No. Vance is a smart boy, though. He... Yeah, I don't get anything he does, but uh, <laughs> goddamn, do I appreciate it. <laughs> Especially when I'm playing Riddick Bow Boxing for the 400th hour. Ooh, is that good? No. Is I it... don't know. You know what? There are some of those Super Nintendo boxing games and Genesis boxing games where it's four buttons. Four punches, right? Mm -hmm. So you know that it's going to be left jab, left power punch, (laughs) either hook or uppercut, depending on the button, Mm -hmm. like the directional button you press. So it's it all makes sense, right? Mm. But the timing's weirder than... It all makes sense if you don't know anything about boxing, (laughs) okay? (laughs) But once you kind of get the timing down and understand the goofy rules then it's a lot of fun is it it's a lot of fun is it is it real boxers or is it just fictional one in the version i'm playing riddick bow it's uh nobody except for number one like your career mode is you go like through a ladder of 25 boxers mm. number one is riddick bow but everybody else is made up mcgee <laughs> so i just name my guy like you know bad stuff you, know I mean? <laughs> you just name them bad stuff i named my... i'm so bad i'm bad stuff. watch out bad stuff is coming to get you <laughs> my most recent character was named sinbad because he kind of looked like sinbad mm. not the pirate the house guest yeah. House guest? <laughs> yeah yeah wait is that his movie house guest right Where he's like the president no second... house boat no, no that's boat party no, that's uh, Cuban. Yeah, Cuban. that's Cuba. <laughs> Cuban. Cuban. <laughs> Cuba. You're whatever. thinking of Soul Plane. That's the hot Cubano. No, that's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. The, uh, is... Medea Halloween the Ooh. 10th. How many Medea got movies have you guys watched? Zero. Zero. Jordan? I don't know, probably like three. Ooh, okay. I accidentally watched one of them. I didn't realize that they put Medea weaved into a super serious story. Like, oh, yeah. Was like, it a Tyler Perry movie? They, they they're all, all Tyler Perry oh. vehicles. So what are you talking about? You knew Medea was going to be in a movie called Medea Goes to Jail? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying they have Medea's stupid thing that's like the Nutty Professor. Yeah. And then they have like a really deep, sad story weaved in there. Oh. And of course, Medea helps said sad protagonist yeah she's the mary sue right yeah yeah she she's the uh she's the hero i guess anti-hero maybe who knows i don't know i hate i hate medea and i hate tyler perry's tv shows and his movies he's got tv shows oh yeah oh yeah tyler perry's house of pain house of pain okay and then there's another one tyler perry's spinoff of the old grumpy guy he played 
And I don't remember what you know, it was. I, I'm not familiar with any of his movies. <laughs> Precious? Precious? I think you you directed I that, I don't right? think so. I don't know. I don't <laughs> that think so. That seems a bit too uh, not Medea for uh, Tyler Perry. Marley and me? I think we're oh, stepping okay, he in might some, have gotten that. I think we might be stepping into some racist, dangerous <laughs> territory. We never do that. Now, now we're just saying black stuff <laughs> and asking if it's Tyler Perry. No, I think Tyler Perry had something to do with Precious. I'm pretty sure he had something to do with the movie Precious. Well, if you know that, email us at Bubble Butt Podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bubble Butt Podcast, only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about this week? It's me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me is Jordan. How hello. are you, pal? I am. I'm doing good. You just took a sip of hams. I did. As I introduced you. and I, I thought you were going life. Cody first. So did I. I was looking at the waveforms, and then I was like, all right, introduction. Uh-oh, sip of beer as I said his name. It's Jordan. It is me. How's your week? Uh, for the most part, good. Good. Anything I mean, stand out? <laughs> uh, I was man. good. <laughs> no, not not really, you know. Yesterday wasn't the most fun day in the world, but you know, it's you had all good. Pizza Hut. You had pizza. I did have pizza. But hut. Have that, you, who in the right And it's mind, like the freshest Pizza Hut you'll get, too, did, so it's fucking dank. Can you have the white sauce Pizza Hut at that particular location? Yeah, they have, like, the full regular menu. Why, is that better? It's good. Is it's it? It's very good. Phil loves it, but, like, only very specific ones carry said white sauce or will put it on a pizza for you. Um... As a it's former Pizza Hut employee, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, yeah, no, there's an option to order just the white sauce, and all of them around here have it. Okay, now, I've, I remember when we were in high school, because working at Pizza Hut back in the hometown was kind of, a, <laughs> kind of a popular job for kids or right. whatever. They said cleaning the five-gallon bucket of white sauce was the most disgusting shit when it hardened around the rim. Oh, and stuff. yeah, I know. It's fucking gross. <laughs> no, the worst. That's like ranch, like the the uh, cap of ranch sometimes. So it's like, mm, that doesn't, I don't want this bottle anymore. No, the worst thing to clean at Pizza Hut, like, is the uh, bowls you toss the wings in and the mm. garlic. No, the garlic Parmesan one, because it's that sauce with, like, the chicken fat oh. straight out of the fryer. <laughs> oh, dude, I almost vomited every time I had to clean that one. I can't even walk past the garlic fries booth at the state fair without wanting to vomit, so I can't imagine Wait, having to clean you, out that. Wait, no, you don't like garlic stuff? I do, but for some reason, that smell of the garlic fries oh, at the dude, state fair I makes me want to barf. I fucking love the garlic fries. Ugh. Oh. Yuck. Is it? So okay. Is All it? right, that's enough of Jordan. Okay. Cody, you're also sitting across from me. How are you, buddy? Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm doing great, but I have a feeling that Brad is going to Catherine Knight me pretty soon. Do you here. think so? I think, I think I'm going to be I, a rain jacket in his house. I can't days. say I blame him. I think he's going <laughs> to Nancy Kerrigan you at the very least. Well, you know what? At least I'd live. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I could predict myself being cooked in a stew and then kind of just like... My skin's just wrung out in his house yeah. somewhere. Yeah, you could be a tanned he's, hide. Uh, <laughs> he's probably not very happy with me today. So. Today, Max and I made a, a breakthrough with oh. Brad. Oh, okay. Uh, we got to the source. We we 
we went back his family. We climbed. We clumbed his family tree. Okay. Ooh. Okay. His last name's Smith. That's okay saying that. There's yeah. a lot of Smiths all over yep, the place. Yeah. Yep. We decided since he is in the alloy wheel business, his great 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 grandfather was in the alloy horseshoe business. Ah. Okay. <laughs> so and there was a Mister Negative One Twenty because <laughs> Warcraft was not out at the time. That also used to torture him. So these these are the things that we discovered today. I'm not torturing him. No, nobody nobody thinks you are except for him. I I decided I'm just going to mind my own business. That's my new thing. I'm minding my own business. Yeah. But he thinks I'm making you're being mad. Yeah, but I'm just minding my own business. Yeah. That's, That's the it. depressive brain, my friend. Mm, you instantly go for negative. You instantly make other people's silence about yourself somehow. <laughs> Well, the only positive I can put out of this, if I was killed and skinned, maybe I would end up in a cool museum somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Talk I mean, you. yeah, that's that's I fun. I mean, we'd have to replace you, but, you know, the first episode after your death would be about you. You know what? There's a million Cody's in the world. I, gotta, I wouldn't worry about it. Talk yeah, but there's only Shana. one beta Cody. <laughs> yeah, he'll kill, he'll kill me, and then he'll just hire Shayna to come up here yeah. and take over <laughs> for me. <laughs> no evidence left. Nope. It's a perfect slot. She'll be like, that's a waste of good meat. <laughs> so if, if, <laughs> that was you this time, not either of us. So if, if Brad's all depressive, like, do you think he's going to come to my wedding? Because I'm inviting him. Yeah, of course. Oh, good. Do you have summer sausage? I don't know how that's relevant, but do you? He'll come there for summer I don't sausage. know if that's on the menu for the caterer. <sighs> <sighs> there will be chicken wings. He might come for that. <sighs> he's a big fan of Chick-fil-A. You're going to have Chick-fil-A? Oh, or that fucking El Campero Pollo's. Oh, Pollo Campero? Ooh, yeah. He goes Dude. there? Yeah. Okay. That place is fucking dang. It is. It's very good. And also Raising Cane's is good, <laughs> You too. know what? I've been hooked Dude, on. I can't do Raising Cane's. Like, the last time I had it, it made me just, sh- you know, shit my brains out. That's every fast food for me <laughs> It probably had nothing life. to do with hams. Nothing yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> or cigarettes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm on the vape, bro. Well, when was the last time you had Raising Cane's? Like two weeks ago. Okay, fine. Oh, damn. Okay, he's got sensitive guts. Yeah, he's a. Sensitive when it comes to raising canes, like nothing else hits me like that. <laughs> I'll I eat like Chipotle it. four times a day and yeah. be fine. <laughs> does does malaria hit you like that? Well, I've never had malaria, um, so I can't attest to that. Do you have accurately. any paperwork to confirm that? Jordan, you ever had an STD? No. <laughs> no. Cody. But no. Me neither. No, that's girl. I'm kind of sad about that. That none of us have had one. I'm not sad that I haven't had one. I'm sad that neither of you have Well, had one. you should take the Barbara... Uh, I can't even think of her name. Pamela Anderson. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Just go straight for the hep C. Yeah. Hey, and, get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. I'm taking over. This is my episode, gentlemen. Let's Woo! do it. Welcome to the Jopamira, or the asshole of the world, if you don't speak Russian. <laughs> A grim, concrete... Literal and figurative, reminder of Soviet architecture. Sprawling, rusting, gigantic apartment buildings, known as Khrushchevsky, named after Nikita Khrushchev, of course, as far as the eye can see, and way too many people for the area to sustain. Did uh, did Khrushchev have something to do with all these apparents being built? Yes, this Did-ing. was the first 
public housing project ever completed in Moscow for individual families to have their oh, own yeah. have their own buildings. Okay, am I am I incorrect that Khrushchev wasn't as bad as all the other ones? He was a very progressive Soviet okay. premier. That's I, for sure. I always remember him and like space stuff. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, don't know. Well, I always Khrushchev and Kennedy were yeah. racing to the moon, you know. <sighs> racing to Marilyn Monroe. That's right. <laughs> In the middle of all this grayness and shit is an enormous 2,700-acre park. For reference, Central Park in New York City encompasses 843 acres. Holy fuck. And this is called Bitsevsky Park. Mm. Bitsevsky Park is a long, rolling forest filled with trees, streams, and romantic, beautiful clearings. In the winter, it's a perfect destination for cross-country skiers. In the summer, a perfect destination for a multi-day hike. And in between the years 1992 and 2006, the perfect destination for Alexander Pachushkin, the maniac, later to be named the chessboard killer, to take anywhere from 48 to 60 lives. Hmm. I've never, I've heard of his nickname, the chessboard killer, yep. but I've never heard of the maniac. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the maniac of Bitsevsky Park. I feel like they give, to Russian serial killers, they put the maniac in front of... I think Whatever. they like that. Is that like super insulting, you think, to them? Or just cool sounding, maybe? I okay. don't know. I mean, I'll- maybe it's a throwback to Rasputin, because, I mean, they kind of hey. thought he was a maniac. He's just a force wizard. Leave That's him all alone. he was, is a druid. <laughs> oh. I want I want to put I want to put out a bold prediction before we get too deep in here. I want to hear it. I am predicting that this man drinks Vodka. You think he enjoys <laughs> potato water? Yeah, uh, you'd be right. I think it's. I feel like after everything we've heard about Russians and stuff, it'd be kind of scary to like try to hang with them in their vodka. Yeah. Oh I, gosh. <laughs> I don't I, think listen. I'm willing to give it a shot. They live until their mid fifties. That's mm. their life expectancy for yeah. the men, and a lot of that has to do with hard fucking drinking. <laughs> Hey, but they it, have a hell of a time to get what, there. It's what, anything under 4% alcohol is considered a soft drink? That's unbelievable. <laughs> Probably serve it in school for lunchtime. No, kids can walk up on the street and buy it from vendors. Yes, they like, do. I want to yeah. confirm something with you, Jordan, that I heard literally today, that in Germany, you're only allowed to put five ingredients or less in their beer. Yeah, the uh, Runheitsgebots. Okay, that's legit. Hops, barley, water, yeast. Oh, it's only and yeast. Yeah, it's four ingredients. And then you get one surprise one, or what? No, you only get those four. That is what makes a true German beer. Oh, but okay. is it a is it a the the country's law? I believe it actually is like okay. a law in Germany. That's what I heard. I'm like, holy shit! That's pretty like, nuts. My people don't fuck around with our beer. <laughs> And they hold every beer tastes like, the exact same. Oh no! <laughs> you can use all sorts of different malts and hops and shit. Pachushkin's only goal was worldwide infamy, and following his July 2006 arrest, he received exactly that. All the major Russian news outlets wrote long boogeyman-esque story articles about the new deadliest man in Russia, and his own name even got lost in the kerfuffle. Pachushkin was known online, in print, and over the air as the maniac of Bitsevsky Park. Mm. You know what's funny? Um, I would have figured the Russian press would have been trying to suppress 
any sort of thing about a killer. Yeah. Oh, this is just the introduction, my oh. friend. Oh, I'm just I, uh, I'm just trying to set the table and wet your nipples for a little more sensitivity. They're chafed as fuck. Training. Let's go. Let's go. The buzz surrounding the maniac's crime seemed to stem from one thing only: way too many bodies. Mm. Compared to Ted Bundy, 30 murders; Dahmer, 17; The Hillside Strangler, 12; Berkowitz, six. This was a problem of oversize, and the grim curiosity which brings people like us, and I assume our listeners, out certainly gripped the public at this time. Natasha Pichushkina, the maniac's mother, moved into a two-bedroom apartment on the fifth floor of two Kursonskaya, which was a brisk six-minute walk from the north end of Bitsevsky Park when she was 11 years old in 1963. She was one of the first residents of the Khrushchevsky which, of course, were the first large-scale public housing projects in the Soviet Union. You can guess already, and be correct, that these were not built with luxury and comfort in mind. It's literally, here's four walls and a roof. That's right. Can you explain to me the enigma of regular people's apartment and senior living? Uh, senior living apartments are a lot nicer for no, a that's lot what less I'm money. Saying. That's why I'm saying. Why are they so much nicer for old people? I don't know. And do they have, like, a nurse on staff or what? <laughs> no. Like, know. my mom, she lives, you know, in St. Paul here in a senior living apartment okay. complex. Like, Is it, like, a high-rise? Uh, no, I think it's, like, five stories. But, like, I know how much she pays for rent, and it's fucking insane how nice her apartment is for that. I didn't learn. And you have to be 55 or older to live there. I didn't. Oh, I assume it's the government's picking up the rest of the tab then. Well, they should. I mean, yeah. it's. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We got to. We, we, we should be the one country in the entire world that, like, tries to respect the elders and I mean, not just yeah. throw them in a forest somewhere and let them die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you answered your own question there. <laughs> Look, they get uh, subsidies because they're old as fuck. Yeah. I didn't realize till. I moved up here that there is a difference between senior living and locking them in a elderly prison, yeah. a.k.a. Yeah. a rest There's home. There's senior Gross. living and assisted living. <laughs> yes. Nursing like, homes are, gosh, they're scary. Like, the crazy thing is, like, my mom pays 150 more dollars. Hey, don't dollars. put her on blast. Um, no, I will. <laughs> she pays 154 bucks a month in rent than me and Amy do, and we have, you know, it's a nice apartment, in studio, Minneapolis. Right? No, it's a one bedroom. Nice. But, you know, it's garden level and blah, 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 blah. Mm. My mom, her put in, like, we have, like, tile and whatnot, you know, nothing fancy. My mom's apartment has real hardwood floors, mm. fucking granite countertops, oh. walk in, like, shower, fucking insane. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I bet at these Russian apartments, they probably have floors made of, what, potatoes? Concrete. Yeah, potatoes. <laughs> Potato concrete. Their bathtubs are made of concrete. <laughs> Although conditions were dire and overpopulation was rampant, these were the first single-family homes most of these people ever lived in. It was a huge improvement over the group housing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Natasha spent her formative years on Karasovskaya Street, and so did her son, until the night he was apprehended, he lived his entire life at Tukersonskaya, where he slept on a couch in the first bedroom, which also doubled as the living room. Natasha slept alone on a queen-size bed ten feet from her son. 
Alexander's father, of course, moved out before his first birthday. In the master bedroom were Pachushkin's younger half-sister, Katya, her husband, also named Alexander, and their son, six-year-old Sergei. Hmm. Do they keep just recycling the same names in Russia? It's the it's <laughs> Boris, Alexander, Vladimir. It's they're all the name the same. Quick correction. I like how you put um, his father moved out. I think that's called abandoning your family, Dude, isn't yeah. it? He just <laughs> yeah. went to get a pack of cigarettes, and the line was really long. A pack of uh, <laughs> what do they say they smoke? I for, oh Vogue cigarettes were mm, big in I was gonna uh, guess, Soviet Russia. I was going to guess cools. I don't or, think there are a lot. Th- there might have been a sale on Adidas tracksuits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, boy, I'll tell you, that Cold line chains. was around the block. You can't miss the Adidas outlet sale. Ten of the maniac's victims lived in the same four-building complex where he lived. Four from two Kersonskaya, two from four Kersonskaya next door, three from six, and one from eight. The buildings in the Krushkovsky complexes are separated by narrow strips of grass and a single lane road. Two, four, six, and eight are in one square complex, and on the other side of the road would be the one, three, five, and seven complex. What I'm getting at here is everyone knows everyone. They're on top of each other at all times because there's nowhere else for them to go. Mm. I was almost going to say, does he prefer even numbers? <laughs> like, no, he's not like weird. <laughs> I mean, he's a weird fuck, oh, he's but not like weird. that. Yeah. When things really started to kick off in Pachushkin's murder career, when he really started to ramp things up around 01, 02, people just disappeared. Mostly they went unnoticed. Pensioners, bums, undesirables. In some cases, the family members would wait the three days before filing a missing persons report with the cops. But the police are well known in Russia for drinking and taking bribes. Hey, hey, let's not disparage them. I have to. That's called, uh, that's called, uh, crime juice. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) both? Like money and vodka are crime juice? Hey, we used to do this in America. This is all well documented in Burt Kreischer's The Machine Story. (laughs) Oh, it is, actually. The one good thing, the one thing that I did think was funny the first two times I heard it. (laughs) Yeah, now it's being made into a movie. I've watched Eastern Promises several times, so I know all about Russian, um, how they live. I know exactly how they live. Yeah. Yes, you certainly do. I think they cut a lot of people up in the back of pork sores or something. Vigo Naked, best part of the movie. Yeah, I've never know. even heard of that movie. Oh um, my god. Vigo Mortensen, Eastern Promises? It's so uh-huh. good. Came so out good. around the same time of History of Violence, right? Uh, I think before it. Probably. It's so good. It's There's so a movie called good. History of Violence? Yes. Yeah, man. You need to look up Vigo's movies after Hidalgo. To, you need to watch uh, people's bones being popped out. And oh, shit. God. It's so <laughs> nice. And him having sex with his wife on the stairs. I don't that's want... That's a very yeah, creepy that's moment. A, that's, that's a little rapey. <laughs> yes. As disappearances mounted, the families found one another. There was fear, speculation, witch hunts... Since nobody knew anything, everyone thought they knew everything. The rumors grew unchecked. Never a lead, never a suspect. Could it be a psych patient who'd escaped the institution near the park? Could it be the Chechens? Oh, for sure. Relations were not great at the time, after all. Could it be the Mafia? There's no mob in Russia. Never. That's because... You haven't watched Eastern Promises. Oh. That's why you don't know there's a Russian mafia. Stop movie shaming me. 
Jordan, you really do should. It, it's so good. Yeah. So good. That's your homework for next week. Okay. By mid-2003, the families finally started to wonder if it was someone they knew. There were too many connections between all of their missing Leotias, Victors, and Nikolais. <laughs> By then, the number was approaching 30, and none had come back. The poor residents of Tu Kersonskaya knew nothing would be done about it either, because the people in the projects understood that in their country, only certain people mattered, and they weren't them. Hmm. So this is kind of a poverty-ish area. Well, yes. it's a housing project, yeah. Cody, well, so yes. And it's, it's, it's Russia, so it's I, Russia. I just assume yeah. everybody is kind of living in squalor. But it, It's kind of like the crack stacks in Minneapolis. <laughs> Unless you're in the upper class, nobody gives a shit about you. I, was, I feel like everything I've heard about USSR days is just bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did anybody like live normally, or were they all just like eating grass occasionally? That's kind of how she goes. Eh? Okay. <laughs> have, so. a, have a little grass soup. <laughs> you know, six to one half dozen of the other. <laughs> so with total shock when we found out it, it was Alexander Pachushkin, he was very calm, always by himself. Says Natasha Fyodosova, a pale blonde 27-year-old whose father, Boris Fyodosov, mm. was the 36th victim. Natasha Fyodosova has known Pachushkin's half-sister Katya since they were in diapers together, and Natasha was present at all 46 days of the Maniac's trial. Damn. Again, there's a generic name, Boris. <laughs> always reminds me of Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw it was strange. He only wanted to kill people he knew. If he had killed people he didn't know in another neighborhood, it wouldn't have been that bad. But he killed people he knew. Okay. No, I'm going to say it probably would have been as bad. Yeah. He's I... still killing people. <laughs> These uh, Russians, you know, they... they... Go kill people in, exactly. in the odd numbers. Leave us even numbers don't, alone. Don't kill your own people. <laughs> no. One of the chessboard killer's favorite books was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love that book. And he used that advice to great effect to befriend his victims. Victim 32 was a middle-aged man who disappeared in late spring 2003 and was a typical target. Pichuchkin would wait hours and hours until his victims were all alone, says our girl Fiedasova. The maniac eyed 32 for at least an hour before he made his move. The man had been smoking and drinking on a bench, legs crossed, next to a bus stop. Living the life. (laughs) (laughs) It was warm outside and there were too many people around. But finally, everyone else disappeared, either heading to their apartments to beat the heat or ducking into the market to grab their dinner. Pachushkin was filled with glee as he made his approach. I mean, that's kind of weird. Was he just walking up, like, clapping his hands, like, Yeah, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Why is everybody German to you, too? (laughs) (laughs) I was just going off what Cody was doing. We're going to say here, Adam is the only person in this room right now who can do a proper Russian accent. We're just going to throw that out there. Wait, are you saying that our... Entire podcast is bad at accents. No, we've Are you won breaking several. ground here. <laughs> we've won multiple podcast awards from multiple podcasts. We did the magazine. voiceovers and move on, Jordan. For Leave best accents. Yep. A few minutes later, the pair were strolling down the shitty road towards the north entrance of Bitsevsky Park. It was early evening and the trees were towering over the power lines in the project. Number 32 was in a foul mood. As they neared the park, Pachushkin tried his best to cheer him up. The maniac was worried that this rank-smelling, drunken little man would change his mind and turn around. 
taking from Pachushkin what he believed beyond a shadow of a doubt was his. If you can picture rage like a balloon, starting from the bottom of your gut and inflating all the way to the back of your throat, you'd see a man about to pop. As they were about to enter the woods, Pachushkin asked the man what he would wish for if he could have anything. The man replied, To stop drinking. I promise you, today will be the day you stop drinking. (laughs) Without fail, he took his victims to one of two wells that connected directly to the city's sewage system. As they trudged through the park, 32 didn't ask any questions about where they were going, what they were going to do when they got there, or why they were going there. He just stumbled along. That's what vodka does to you. Mm -hmm. You just don't care. Sometimes when the maniac and his prey reached the well, he would propose a toast to his dead dog. In this case, he did not say what he and 32 discussed before he killed him. He removed his weapon, sometimes a hammer, sometimes a wrench with a nail remover. In this case, he didn't specify, from his jacket, and struck 32 on the head. Hard, but not hard enough to kill. This was the routine. He wanted his victims alive and coherent enough to know what's happening. Because sometimes he liked to shove shards of a broken vodka bottle into the victim's skull before pushing them down the well. If the victim wasn't dead before the 30-foot fall, the impact would certainly do it. Oof. Jesus. Yeah, he's not a nice feller. Eventually, some bodies would make a terrible five-mile shit river journey to a wastewater treatment plant through a series of underground tunnels. But it wasn't until much later, after the bodies had been destroyed, that they were ever connected to Pachushkin. At least 13 corpses, including Victim 32, are believed to be stuck somewhere in the sewage system underneath Moscow. Still? Yeah. Wow. I feel like somebody should go down there and, like, check that out. That's a big task. I was going to say that I feel like there's a lot of sewer under Moscow. There's a lot of Moscow over (laughs) the sewers under Moscow. I suppose all them vodka shits down there is probably pretty nasty. Brutal. (laughs) It's all just basically water. Water What what, what would be like a food that is real popular in Russia? Borscht. 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 Beet stew. Mm. Stroganoff. Or blini. Ooh, I like stroganoff. What's blini? They're like little thin, they're like crepes, kind of. Mm, Okay. But you can put like sour cream and jelly on them, it's delicious. Are they good? Fuck, yeah. They're very good, Mm. okay. And pork medallions. So, if you were to rank the flat things, like, okay, crepes, lefsa, where would you put the the Russian one? Slightly below lefsa, just because I I love lefsa. Dude, lefsa's the fucking best. Well, I know, because we're... You know, in Minnesota, Norwegians everywhere. But I'm saying, like, if you think about Lefsa, it's like the most basic, flat, pancake fucking thing you that's can so eat. Well, that's, yeah. that's anything in that. Eat a plain crepe. I like Indian fry bread, too. Naan? Ooh, naan? Yeah. naan is, is that good. what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Naan. Oh. N-A-A-N. Mm. Say yeah. it backwards or forwards, it's the same thing. It's fucking good. <laughs> is what it is. The chessboard killer preferred men. Unlike Chikatilo, who was definitely a sexually dysfunctional predator, or Bundy, who preferred college girls, Pachushkin didn't want sex. That doesn't mean that his murders weren't sexually charged. I mean, the way he talked about killing, he would tell the court that it was like first love. He made it sound like he was biologically wired to do it, the way some mothers feel the need to bear children. He did say he sometimes creamed himself when he killed, though. I was going to say, I bet this dude was walking away with a fucking pant load full of jizz. Yeah. For the serial killer, the process of preparing to kill and killing as an exotic experience. Says Alex (laughs) Yand. That was great. (laughs) 
says Alexander Bukanovsky, a psychiatrist and serial killer expert who helped authorities find Andre Chikatilo in the early 90s. He was a uh, Chikatilo man. He was uh, he, he was, was a bad fucked. boy. He's fucked. He was a fucking maniac. Yeah. The sex act itself is not erotic for killers, Bukanovsky says. What is erotic is killing and all the mental gymnastics and associations and links and symbols that go along with the murder. For Pachushkin, for example, this would mean the biting evening wind, the shadows and squawks of birds and birch trees, the crunch of ice and branches underfoot, the pattern of an old man's blood splattering on freshly fallen snow. Cut my well, life listen. in two pieces. I am just rock hard right now thinking about all of that. I made it sound pretty good, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about a uh, very edgy song right now. Yeah. Yeah. Pop, Pop you've already sang it. Pop I my, know. Pop my goat. Have you? Has Druid ever did a cover of um, Last no. Resort by Pop Are they Pop going to? No. Okay. This well, is all original. This. What? What about your cover? What do you of mean? You copy Ace of Base on one of your creeping songs. Creeping Death. Listen, we're not talking about the Ace of Base right now, Cody. <laughs> we're talking about I'm, Papa I Roach. put the link together because Ace of Base is technically a Nazi band. You have a song called Nazi. So is Joy and... Division. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, do they have a song no, you can relate to Joy, Joy Division? Division was what they what the Nazis called the Jewish prisoners that mm. took over the <laughs> or that they left in charge of the uh Concentration camps. <laughs> the Joy Division. So Jordan... In Don't quote the, me on that, but I think so. <laughs> the moral of the story is you're busting. Yeah, you're a racist and a Nazi. <laughs> Natasha... Shit, you got me. <laughs> I'm just going to have another hams. Forget about this. Natasha Fyodosova says, Pachushkin never showed any interest in girls, would never talk or joke about sex the way other boys and men would. When asked whether Pachushkin might be gay, she shakes her head firmly. His mother, Natasha Pachushkina, is equally dismissive. My son was going to marry someone. When asked who, she shrugs. She never met the bride-to-be. Andrei Suparenko, the detective who led the Pachushkin investigation, also rules out the possibility that the maniac is a homosexual. He says Pachushkin doesn't have sexual longings for men, he just doesn't care about women. Fucking misogynist. No, no, I was going to say, doesn't that kind of make him asexual? I have no idea about Russian culture, and not to make broad generalizations, but the majority of the Russian population is violently homophobic. <laughs> he don't say. <laughs> I don't know if they're just so outraged at the idea that a Russian might be gay, or what. Hmm. So or is it that every other aspect of him lines up directly with the ideal, ordinary Russian man? Rough, crude, heavy drinking, smoking, no expectation that his life will get better or easier. He expects to die in his late 50s, which is the average life expectancy for Russian men. He doesn't have a career, he has a job, and he's not mad at people with goals. He just doesn't know what a goal is. I feel attacked. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there, you know? <laughs> Except you're not heavy drinking anymore. Yeah. Wait, Jordan, you don't think you're going to live past 50? No, I think I am. I think okay. Jordan's going to live longer you know than anyone. See, the people who say, I'm not living past X age, they're the ones who are going to never die, and then they're like, just gonna you be and miserable. I, yeah. we're going to die young. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah, that's how it goes. The only goal our man had was killing. Hmm. July 27th, 1992, Pachushkin was 18 years old. 
His first victim was Mikhail Odachuk. They had been classmates, and the maniac had invited Odachuk on a bit of a killing expedition. He was very open about it. He told Odachuk he wanted to kill someone. They could do it together, he said. Odachuk tagged along, half-jokingly, probably thinking they were going to play-stalk someone and pretend to kill them. When Pachushkin realized Odachuk was only half in, he turned him into the victim. So is this a common Russian Ooh. game, you think? Like, hey, let's pretend and go kill somebody? Let's go play serial killer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> any if Russian any listeners right in. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> he waited nine years after that. The cops had questioned him, which must have been frightening. But nine years is a long time to go without killing, especially for someone who would later say... Life without killing for me is like life without food for you. The consensus by detectives and psychiatrists alike. The consensus by detectives and psychiatrists alike is he realized that once he started killing, not dabbling or experimenting, but actually killing, he wouldn't be able to stop. He must have been enthralled by this and also a little afraid. He may even have tried to force it out of him completely. Because there's an unverified story that in 2001, early 2002, Pachushkin stumbled into a police station near the park and declared for all to hear that he killed people. Not once, but all the time. Because this is what I do, <laughs> Pachushkin screamed. <laughs> I feel like the Russian cops probably, like, maybe that's like a normal thing. Like, they're just like, hey, we got another drunk in here saying he kills people. Get out of here, dude. Well, as the story goes, the cops laughed in the maniac's face, mm. called him a drunk, and kicked his ass out the door. And he went home. <laughs> I could just see, like, four of them just, like, picking him up by the arms and legs and just throwing him out the yeah. door. Go uh, home. Get out of here, you fucking looney tune. Like a cartoon bouncer. Just <laughs> We're not trying to do any paperwork tonight. We got vodka to drink. Terrible. <laughs> Whether or not the story is true doesn't matter. His nine-year hiatus ended May 17th, 2001, when he killed Yevgeny Pronin. Over the next eight weeks, he would kill nine more times. This mini-spree within the major spree came to a close on July 21st, when Victim 11, one Viktor Volkov, disappeared. That fall and winter, the killing continued, of course, but it was less feverish. Only five people were murdered during those two seasons. That seems like five too many. I was going to say, thank God that number is so low. Yeah, I mean, he was stacking them up for about a month there. How does nobody in Russia be like, why didn't Victor come home last night? They are all saying that Mm. together. The mm. families are all gathered around. But the Russian police don't want to hear it. They don't. They don't they're having it. candlelight vigils. He mu- They're like, Vic- Victor must have had the best beet soup in the world. He found and he a just new... decided to like go to where it was created at yep. and have more of it. He got himself a, a <laughs> Siberian family, and mm. uh, that's what he's doing now. He lost in a fight with a polar bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On February 23rd, 2002, Pachushkin tried to kill Maria Viricheva, a pregnant woman. He pushed her down the well, as usual, but she somehow managed to climb out and get to a hospital where she told the police about the attack. Pregnant woman pushed down a third, mm. beat in the head, and then pushed down a 30 foot well, climbs out somehow, and That's stumbles. That's that mother's to a, instinct, dude. Dude, unbelievable. 
The cops asked for poor Virichev's registration papers, as of course millions of Russian citizens were living in <laughs> Moscow semi-illegally. There were no fucking jobs outside of the capital. Mm, I can, yeah. Maria didn't have any papers. The cops told her that if she stayed quiet about the attack, they would stay quiet about her illegal habitation. Virachevka stayed quiet in order to eat and be able to raise her unborn child. Oof. Jesus. So do you think a lot of this is strictly on the Russian police? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Just like, all of it pretty much? Cause man, just... if there was any sort of due diligence at all, I have a feeling this would have been... So literally every single police station in Russia is basically Barney Fife. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Locking himself in the jail. Forget not allowed to have any bullets in their I gun. I wish they made like a Russian version of Andy Griffith. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it would just like, be them we're smoking like, Vogues and drinking. No, I was like, what if yeah. they had the drunk guy each trying to put himself in jail, and they literally just give him vodka and say, "Get back out there. You're uh, not done get yet." Get out of here. <laughs> Some guy comes in covered in blood, and it's like, yeah. "I killed forty people." They Shut just, up. <laughs> they lice them and send them back out. You we know, that's, that, we know that's pig's blood for your pork <laughs> medallions. Good job, comrades. Killing that bear with your bare hands. Get out of here. <laughs> Pachushkin would kill three more in the next two weeks. Then he encountered Mikhail Lobov, age 13. It's very unlikely that Pachushkin knew Lobov previously. He didn't come from the apartment houses on Kursinskaya, and it's unclear where they met probably near the metro station where the cool kids with leather jackets hang out and drink vodka by the dumpling stand. Hell yeah. That sounds like the goddamn life. They why were do, Why don't it. we have goddamn dumpling stands? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> why don't we have easy access to dumplings everywhere? Why don't we have easy access to leather jackets? That's we do. You can go the to, cheap ones? You can go to Burlington Coat Factory <laughs> right now. I'm not stepping foot in that communist store. That's not fair. doing it. That's fair. But once the pair entered the forest, it went the same as always. Started with cigarettes, 20-minute walk through the woods, camaraderie. You respect me, I respect you. Let's drink. Then finally, a blow to the head and a shove down the well. Oof. Pachushkin exited the park like he always did, but didn't notice that Lobov's cool leather jacket had gotten stuck on the side of the well. The young boy managed to crawl out. Once outside, he found a cop and reported the incident. In typical Russian police fashion, the cop told Lobov to go home. Jesus. A week later, Lobov was back at the metro station when he saw the maniac again. Lobov began screaming and grabbing his own hair out, eventually physically grabbing one of the officers and pointing directly at Pachushkin. Still, they did nothing. Still, they told Lobov to leave. Jesus it would Christ. be four more years and dozens more bodies before he was stopped. It's a good police force right here. Ah, Moscow's finest right there. You know, what, something I'm noticing here is that where this guy says he's he, he doesn't care about anything but killing, he's like not following a pattern at all. Yeah. yeah. Men, children, women, just anybody he can get his hands on. So maybe he's telling the truth about that. He genuinely just loves taking people's mm. lives. He loves killing. He loves it. He does love it. In December 2007... Natasha Pichushkin Natasha Pichushkina opened up a little bit, crying and avoiding the reporter's gaze by looking down into the courtyard separating the housing projects. I know now that I raised my son very poorly. I cannot say what I did wrong. 
I just tried to raise him like I thought a normal mother would. After a long pause, she looks back up and says, I think I did not know my son very well. In November of 2005, a 63-year-old ex-cop named Nikolai Zakarchenko turned up dead in the woods. Zakarchenko has the distinct honor of being the first body to have been discovered, tagged, and determined beyond a reasonable doubt to have been murdered. Mm. But the most interesting fact about Zakarchenko was that he was the 41st victim, which means 40 victims had gone missing before police or detectives even knew there was an active serial killer. I suppose since he's a cop, they actually care. This was yep. the first one that spurred him into action. <laughs> and not, not one of them undesirable housing projects. They're like, kids. okay, we know most of the police die of alcohol poisoning, but this clearly is not just from alcohol poisoning, yep. so it's got to be something else. Yeah. <laughs> This has got to be old uh, pipe on the head, vodka <laughs> vodka glass through the brain. We, not a, we need to call in the Kremlin. Yes. You ever notice when you drink too much vodka, you get like a dent in your head and it's bleeding out of it? And you Very weird. sometimes fall down a 30-foot sewer? Yep, yep, happens all the time. <laughs> the maniac's desire to kill vastly exceeded the system's ability to stop him, or even recognize he existed for that matter. Had he stuck to his original routine, tossing victims down the sewer wells... He may have never been caught. It wasn't until bodies started turning up in the forest that the Interior Ministry took over the case, and people who actually knew how to find serial killers started looking for him. Zakarchenko's death marked a turning point for the killer as well. All along, Pachushkin had been torn in twain by a concrete conflict. He wanted to kill, but he wanted everyone to know he was the killer. He wanted recognition and respect. One night, while watching TV with his mother and sister, there was a report about the Bitsevsky Park killer. His sister said, This madman, this madman is so fascinating. Who is he? Pachushkin had to fight very hard not to tell her she was sitting right oh, next to him. Oh, you know he had a huge mm -hmm. boner right there. Had to have a chubby, right? Oh, yes. No, he had uh, cum-filled pants. <laughs> At least pre-cum. The deadliest of all cums, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they always say, a little pre-cum can get you pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. post Zakarchenko, the conflict inside the maniac started busting out of his seams. Now he killed recklessly. He didn't push victims down the sewer wells anymore. Now he left bodies in the snow, the mud tucked into trees. The worst incident, as far as Natasha Fyodosova was concerned, was a corpse that was found near the side of a stream in the park. The victim had been killed at least two days previous. Some wild dogs had found him first. There was a doctor walking his dog through the park, and he saw one of the dogs with a bloody bone in his mouth, and he knew the bone was human. Mm, okay. What's so this twist? is what, So, like, our dogs here, like, say, your dog, Jordan, Bernie mm. Sanders, he has a stick in his mouth, you know? Yeah. Or maybe, maybe on rare occasions, like a rabbit or something. Yeah. Russian dog, they're going to have human bones and flesh in their mouth. You're saying, Little, like, yeah. they should just expect that? Yeah. Like, like okay, that no dog's got someone's hand, yeah. you know, who Some cares? Some drunk bum died in the park <laughs> and froze, and now this dog's eating. Is the dog's got to Now eat this too? dog has a face that it's carrying around on its jaw. Mm. Circle of Russian life. <laughs> yeah. This is what the Lion King is redubbed as in Can in they Russia. do the Lion... Yeah, I was going to say, I would love to see a Lion King, but it takes place in Russia. Yeah. It'd be amazing. It's 
all the dogs in Batsevsky Park <laughs> eating flesh. <laughs> Beginning with Zakharchenko and continuing into 2006, the people in the Kursonskaya housing project began to grasp the connection between the people who had vanished. That was when the terror began rippling through apartment blocks and metro stations surrounding the entire park. Children were forbidden to venture into the woods. They were considered haunted. This was when the Batsevsky Park maniac nickname invaded the lo local population, then the nation, and then global airwaves, and then the internet. Oh, not the internet. You'd think at around this exact time, Pachushkin would have known the end was near. He must have sensed that the civil war inside of him was about to reach its battle of Apotomek's courthouse. He had to be sure that soon, with how careless he was being, he would do something stupid and they would finally find him. Now that corpses were appearing regularly, there were police, both uniformed and plainclothed, scouring the park day and night, narrowing their search, talking to everyone, and compiling sketches of suspects. You know, police work they could have started any time before his 41st victim. I feel like it'd be easy to, like, spot a Russian police officer who wasn't, or who was on stakeout, simply by looking at him and seeing how sober he was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because if they, I imagine oh, if actually, they're, like, I don't, on a, they, I don't think they'd be that sober, Cody. They'd probably be, like... Even on a stakeout? They'd probably be sitting there reading... Yeah, you're bored as shit. You're gonna drink a bunch of vodka. That's kind of the way... Like, they drink coffee here, but it's probably vodka. Maybe if it's in a brown bag or not. No, that's no, all. no, I don't think there's public <laughs> drinking laws. No, they just have a coffee mug, but they're like, no, this coffee is clear. <laughs> Irish coffee. That's what I call my ex-music teacher's coffee. Oh. <laughs> we had a uh, an English teacher that we were all pretty sure had booze in his thermos. Yeah. He would just fall asleep randomly. He got a little too excited about Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ultimately, in the end, it was the maniac's decision to get caught. Pachushkin delivered Pachushkin to the police with a ribbon on him. He had gone on a walk with Marina Moskalyeva, a co-worker at the grocery store. She had told him that she'd left a note for her son saying she was with Alexander Pachushkin. He kept repeating to himself mentally that he shouldn't kill her because they would immediately know it was him. But he wanted to kill, so Moskalyeva had to die. A few hours later, when Moskalyeva still hadn't come home and her son was watching TV and saw that they found a woman's body in the park, he called his father, who then called the police. Supernenko says... We had the note, and we had the video footage of Petrushkin and this woman getting on the Netro at the Novia Cheryomushki and getting off at Konkovo. Immediate west of the park. So we naturally suspected Petrushkin. The maniac was so proud of never lying, but he lied about killing Marina Moskalyeva. No one had ever asked him directly if he had killed anyone until Marina's son, before calling his father called Pachushkin first. Wow. After all, based on the note his mother left, he was supposed to be taking a stroll with her through the park. When the maniac picked up, he said, I haven't seen her in two months. Which is a strange thing to say about somebody <laughs> you work with and have worked with every single day. Hmm. He then said he was really busy and hung up. <laughs> Did he literally, he didn't even say hello or anything. He just said, I haven't seen her in two months. And then uh, just well, he, you know, it was like, hello, hello, where's my mom? Weren't you walking with her? I haven't seen her in two months. 
I'm really busy. <laughs> Very specific amount go. of time. <laughs> you could have just said, I haven't seen her in a while. It didn't have to be, I haven't seen her in two months, three days, and 46 hours. <laughs> There's this body I got to chop up and throw down a well. Apparently, uh, it was in the book I was reading, it did say he already knew he was cooked. Since the, she left a note for her kid that yeah. she was with him in the park going right. for a walk. Right. The so he was just like, ah, fuck it. Like, <laughs> he just lied anyway. Well, I know a little bit about this guy, and he loves infamy. Oh, so, yeah. yeah he we'll get there. He loves it. We'll get there. Two nights later, on July 16th, 2006, a few minutes before midnight, as all the residents of two Kersonskaya <laughs> were about to go to sleep, there was a knock at the door. This was strange. Usually, you had to hit the buzzer to be let into the building. Pachushkin's mother says she opens the door very slowly, and when she did, a column of men in uniform pushed through the corridor and into the li- and into the little bedroom slash living room where Pachushkin was about to get his shut eye. Mm. Well, at least the- they're kinder than like American SWAT teams. Yeah, I don't know the way you describe this sounds like a cartoon almost. Like this nice little grandma going, she like cracks the door to see who's there, and then all of a sudden, like a hundred guys just shove the door open and just Jor- file past her. Jordan, yeah. if this was America, she'd be starting to open the door, and then the door would get breached, and then they shoot her, smash her, anyway. her. Yeah, I was gonna flash say, bang her. It'd like kick it in. First man would go, second guy would come in, just pop her in the head quick, and be they'd like, just drive a fucking Humvee. Like, right Where's through your the gram of marijuana? <laughs> Little six-year-old Give us the weed, ma'am. <laughs> oh, shit. In less than a minute, the apartment was flooded with armed riot police. Military boots, automatic rifles, handcuffs, all the fixings. They will come to me. His mother says. They wanted to talk to Alexandra about some burglaries, but they thought there's a lot of police there for a burglar. So I asked Alexandra, did you rob someone? No. But- you lying piece of shit. <laughs> no borscht for you. None. Don't take my borscht. It's what makes me big and strong like both. <laughs> Pachushkin did not resist as he was escorted from the building. They handed his mother some documents stating exactly what he was being accused of. After that, she rightly had a hard time saying anything. She was paralyzed with fear and pain. They stayed up all night. Cops, detectives, and forensics experts turning her house upside down, looking for things that would put her sweet son in prison forever. Mm. Andre Supernenko is a fit, balding man with big eyes. He was a lead investigator on the Maniac's case and spent months questioning the Maniac. He probably knows Pachushkin better than anyone, including his own family. We were in shock when we realized how many people he killed. In the beginning, we only had 13 bodies. And then Pachushkin began telling us that he'd killed more than 60 people. Mm. Pachushkin told him about the park, the sewage well, the whole kit and caboodle. And Supernenko began putting together the fates of all the missing people from the park in his mind. He wanted to talk. All maniacs want to talk. They would sit in a small holding cell for hours and hours, day after day. Supernenko on one side and Pachushkin on the other. They would chain-smoke cigarettes, and Supernenko found it very important to look directly at Pachushkin the entire time. It made him feel important. I told him I admired him. He liked that. And he opened up. It was very important for Pachushkin for people to see him as heroic. So I made him feel like a hero. 
You, sometimes you got to placate. These I just maniacs. keep imagining yeah. they're like, get some more pants. These ones are filled with jizz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, man. What you did was fucking boss. Tell me about it. Yeah. It's like, God damn it, Pachushkin. You got fucking jizz in your j- jail suit again. You are obsessed with jizz tonight. It, well, he was jizzing everywhere. He, I mean, with he thinks he kills 60 people. Mm. So there's 60 pants with 60 jizzes in them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um,. Or three pages. Little jealous. I'm a little jealous of the chain smoking, though. Oh, sounds great right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, this all reminds me of Mindhunter, though. Like when they're breaking Big Mm, Ed, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're just like buddying up to him, making him, making him palsy wellsies. You know what? I hate. I love that show, but I hate that they're smoking and they make it's smoking and drinking. Oh yeah, and it just looks so fun. Oh yeah, just tumblers of whiskey (laughs) everywhere. It makes me thirsty. What came out of these months and months of chain-smoking and chain-eating sandwiches, you may ask? Well, Supernenko certainly weeded out the possibility that Pachushkin was an evil genius. He certainly wasn't the Hollywood-style maniac everyone imagined him to be. He was an empty, hollow container with no motivation or goal in life besides killing. Even the nickname Chessboard Killer is misleading. It suggests that Pachushkin would have stopped killing when he reached 64 victims, the number of squares on a chessboard. No one involved with the investigation believes he would have stopped. Pachushkin also admits he wouldn't have stopped. Getting caught was the only way. No way he would have. On October 24, 2007, Alexander Pachushkin was found guilty of murdering 48 people. Throughout the trial, he insisted he'd actually taken 63 lives. But unfortunately, the prosecution could only ring him up on four dozen counts of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison, as Russia does not have the death penalty. The first 15 years of his incarceration will be served in solitary confinement. There is no possibility for parole. A life sentence in Russia means you are in prison until you die. He is currently being held in a secret maximum security prison, probably somewhere in the Ural Mountains. Wow, when did they get rid of the uh, death penalty there? I thought Uh, Russia would be a place that would have it. Like, guaranteed. Yeah. I know. It must have been the fall of the Soviet Union, maybe. I don't know. Now, I want to ask you something if you had read this. Please, I hope I can, because all of our listeners talk about how well-researched our shows are. (laughs) And I don't want to drop the ball on this No, no, no. It's nothing big. It's like, from uh, I've heard of this guy before. Um, I had heard... His role model that he based his killings off was um, uh, Chikatilo. That's correct. He wanted to beat he wanted Chikatilo. To, yep. It's th- these sick fucks. They yeah. love the idea of the scoreboard. Yeah. Right, like right, beating, right. Like getting the high score on the leaderboard. Right, right. Um, yeah, so <sighs> this guy, he almost did it. Almost. What, what was Chikatilo like one or two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's the silver medalist in Russia. This uh, chess piece is. Oh, is Chess he? piece okay. face. That's from a uh, They Might Be Giants. I didn't know. I figured they killed him because Chikatilo, they just like, a Berger took him in the back and blasted him in the head yeah. and that was that. <laughs> what year was that? Like 94? Yeah, but he, he started in like the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this guy just like... Chikatilo say he did it for sexual gratification. Mm-hmm. This guy just did it because he just liked it. Yeah, he's like, just he sick. Just, yeah, he's fucked up. If if you look, I remember seeing a picture of him. He just straight up looks like the most generic 
Russian man you've ever seen in he's your a, life. He's like a 35-year-old guy in the pictures that uh, I've seen. And he's just got a regular Russian guy haircut yep. with a regular Russian like guy face. like a bowl cut. Yeah. Yep. Bowl cut. He's got like the Freddy Krueger uh, sweater yep. on. Stripes. Just... They love horizontal stripes <laughs> over there. They fucking love it. Why do they like Adidas so much then? That's only know. a couple stripes. I don't know. Like, uh, it's three stripes. stripes. Uh, that actually has something to do with when the Olympics came to Russia. It was ah, the first time they were able to buy them, and they've been obsessed since. <laughs> Where's the gold chains come from, then? I don't know, Mr. T? <laughs> they also do all they love all... ACDC. Oh, do they? Yeah. Back in black, huh? You should look up the Soviet metal tour that was like Pantera, Metallica... ACDC. Okay, I seen the Metallic one where there's like two million uh, people oh, watching yeah, him. That's fucking. That insane. is insane. Yeah. And all the guards are just like beating the fuck out of everybody yeah. with rubber sticks. It's terrible. <laughs> Can you? So imagine? I just terrible. looked up a picture of him. Yeah, no, he's like he's generic McSlavic man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much he kind of looks like an angsty and... fucking teenager though. He's EA Create a Slav. That's what he. <laughs> I was talking to someone about him today because you kind of mentioned you were going to do him. And I was like, I couldn't remember his exact like killing days. I'm like, I don't think he got caught that long ago. Mm-mm. This is like, what, 13 years ago? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's he's relatively he's new. He's very recent. And he's very gross. He know? is very gross. I'm, I'm shocked. I figured he was dead. Yeah, man. He's uh, somewhere in the Ural Mountains. Maybe he's dead. You never know with the Ruskies. Somebody could have plugged him in the... I wouldn't want to be in a Russian prison. That's all I know. No, no. I've seen enough shows. Apparently, he gets, like, visitation once a year with his mom. And she can bring, like, lard or something. Mm. Whatever the Russians eat. You know, salted lard, delicious. I I knew an older man who loved lard sandwiches. (sighs) I'm not going to put him on blast now, but he... Is he Was your it dad? Wally? No, 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 no. Well, I'm sure Wally loves Was lard sandwiches. Uh, n- uh, maybe. I don't know. He's yeah. he's weird. I don't really like him. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. <laughs> did you boys enjoy my story? Oh, you know I did. Good. You did a beautiful job. Good. I like it. We've had two big boys in the last two weeks here, yeah. Adam. So. Yeah. Gein and Pachushkin. You, huh? uh, you, you certainly like... To do the overseas killers. Yeah. I like Frontier America or overseas. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know why. I I like the Russian ones too, but I'm too terrified of trying to pronounce anything. No. <laughs> I kind of have a step up. I yeah, would yeah. pay money for you to do that. No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> a few years of Ruski school. I did still butcher a lot of things. So all of you people, if you think I butchered it terribly, you can write me in at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod. And on Facebook and Instagram at Bumblebutt Podcast. Instagram, of course, being our main chicken right now. Uh, we all have personal Instagrams as well. Mine is at Bumble Adam. Jordan's is at j.j.fox. And Cody's is at Cody's Above. And now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you have the iTunes reviews. Uh, we have received one more five-star non-written, unfortunately. But uh, thank you for that word. Now, two away. 98. Two away, yes. 98. Oh. We need one more. Two more. <laughs> Please get me to 100 by next week. If you get me to 100 by next week, I'll be pretty thrilled. <laughs> I'm not going to make any broad promises. Yeah. Also, real quick, before we do our sign-off, Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, mm. the return of Between the Bumbles. I know you've all been clamoring for it. 
You've been wondering where to go, where to go, where to go. Well, mm. guess what? It's time to bring back the favorite show of the people mm. between the Bumbles. We're going to do that with a live stream on Tuesday, hopefully right. on both YouTube and Instagram if yep. we can. Yep. Now we have that YouTube account thing figured out a little bit, right? Mm. Mm. Well, radical, guys. That's good. Anybody else have anything to say before I send her to the close? I don't think Man, so. Not off the top of my head. All right. Stay tuned to the Twitter and the Instagram for an exact time yep. on Tuesday for the live stream. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. That's going to do it for me. I've been Adam. That's going to do it for Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And that's going to do it for Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. As always, have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Take care of yourselves, kids. <laughs> Bye.